tonight on Arena. We review season three, third and final of Afterlife, and Pat Bourne goes just outside the door for a new anthology, Local Wonders. Five one double five one is the text. You can tweet the programme at RTE Arena. Local Wonders is a new anthology of poetry edited by Pat Bourne from Chris Anji to Enda Wiley. More than 100 poets were charged with the task of taking inspiration from their locale, from the things that have seen them through the last couple of years. The result is a feel-good anthology. I don't know if that's the right word. A map of the island at a particular point in time. The island and beyond, it must be said, at a particular point in time. And I'm delighted to say that Pat Bourne is with me in studio. Now, I presume, Pat, before we get stuck into the anthology, I presume there were no poems here that you had to ban in terms of any isms <laughs> that that came up, well, no, but I suppose one's one's eye does fall on on on, on certain things, and uh, uh, one gravitates towards subjects that might be somewhat elevating. Um, but uh, no, there was there was no need for a blanket ban to be placed at any stage. Yeah, okay, um, and um, I presume you're a believer in put on the play, and oh, I absolutely. Or, well, what are you a believer you know, in? Going back to that discussion we were maybe listening to earlier, yeah, yeah I, I think you know the text on its own is one thing, and it has a kind of an authority, and and readers as well as authors know that when you see something in print, it's bigger than the person that made it. Yeah. But I think it's a different thing then again when you take it on stage, as you well know, because then you have to live the characters and the perspective of the characters, and the characters interrogate each other, the audience interrogates the characters. So nothing is sacrosanct at that stage. The play so is the thing. The play is the thing. We shouldn't be afraid of the text. Yeah. I, I believe. Do with the production. Do your interrogating Indeed. there. Okay, that's another day's work yeah, and another is, day's yeah, yeah. In, in, uh, discussion. Let us let us go to what you were doing with local wonders, and uh, to a certain extent. This is, was it what you asked the poets to do? Would you look out the window? Would you look out the window and see what's under your nose and what has been under your nose for ages and that maybe you've been so busy doing other things that you haven't had time there's or a little bit the of, silence to, to kind of see it. Yeah, there's a little bit of that in it. I mean, it's been quoted by wiser men than me and ladies than me uh, over the years, but uh, Michael Longley's line, if I knew where poetry came from, I'd go there, kind of supposes... I mean, it plays with the idea mm. that we suppose that, you know, that one has to travel a distance to have a revelation or a vision. And and we all kind of feel that, you know, we, we've all dabbled and sketched and took nice photos on holidays in Madeira or somewhere. And it's easier to see, it's easier to see that um, uh, strangeness, that oddity, that surprise, that revelation when you're outside of your own jurisdiction. Um, but of course, what we all felt very much was the map of our jurisdiction was, in, you know, it was tattooed onto us over the last two <laughs> years or so. We couldn't escape it. And all of us found ourselves going around in some kind of circles. And that process reveals things. Now, sometimes the things it reveals are not very pleasant. Mm. Um, and we we have that sense of being trapped and we're walking the six square metres or whatever it is of our, our, our isolated cell. But other times we notice things that we wouldn't have noticed before. We didn't have to notice before because there's an element of volition in this as well. We want to see the blade of sunlight like, yeah. like, come into the window in, in the cell in Reading Jail. We, we will it. To, to, to exist and in fact our whole uh, Neolithic culture is built around building the monuments that will record these things happening that's very much a local wonder as well something like Newgrange mm. um, so it can be local 
the, 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 the presence can be local, but the origin can be universal. Let's put it like that. And, and I mean, this is a broad parish of, of poets that you you sent out, you, you, you Facebooked effectively looking yeah, we for submissions. Yeah, in some ways I think you could say it's a kind of a social media anthology. Normally, normally an anthology is a trawling back through the, the, the previous publications that, mm. that exist, etc. And maybe a little bit of commissioning work. And, and that was more or less the plan that was kind of how I was thinking insofar as there is a plan. Um, but when, when the call went out, when we put out the call, I was so heartened uh, and, and sometimes surprised by the range of work coming in and a lot of it from emerging writers, up and coming mm. writers, because in a sense, they're probably the people who are more active, most active on social media. Um, but what, what resulted from it, of course, was... Uh, in a sense, a map of the country at a particular time. I won't say a pandemic anthology because it's not a pandemic anthology. And I don't think I don't think a pandemic anthology as such would have great value outside of the pandemic. And I am looking forward to, to the end of the pandemic, but I'm also looking forward to these poems lasting. So well, I think of course, you know, everything then would be called a post-pandemic well, anthology. Well, of course, it, of course it will. And we'll have the distance from mm. it and then it will be it will be dated. And, and, and as we know, something can really reflect the moment of its birth, mm. but its relevance has to reach beyond that. So some of these poems could have been about you know, you might say any momentous occasion right. in somebody's life. And they have to ignite like that. So so there are, the pandemic is there, COVID is there, the restrictions are there, all of those things are there, social distancing, but they're not the subject matter. I like to think of any good poem as being what orbits the subject matter. It's not the statue at the centre, it's the activity mm. around the statue in the Uffizi Gallery. That's the interest, really. It's, it's what it provokes from the listener, the viewer, the reader. Let's have a read. Of, you, you've chosen a few poems for us. We might get to all of them. We'll get to, we'll get to some of them for sure. Half Moon Swim Club, who is this from and, and what was it about this that, that spoke to you? Kelly, uh, how do we say Kelly? I think second? it's Kelly Michaels. Michaels. Um, yeah, um, uh, I, I don't know much about her, which is also... Lovely. A good um, thing in terms of you were reading the poems. I was reading the poems blind, blind, blind yeah. as they say. Yeah. And um, I, 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 I suppose I was looking for poems that had a sense of place very often because I think place was the thing that we were very mm. aware of, th- th- that we were restricted to certain places, that we hadn't access to other places. And also there's that whole idea, particularly in the in the inherited world, if you like, the Irish language uh, uh thread through English language poetry on this island, the Din Shanakas, and the the connection between the poem and the place and the poem of the place and how one speaks to and through the other, etc. So this is a poem. A lot of the poems, I have to say, are about doing, running, jumping, standing still. Mm. You know, they're about the things that we found ourselves doing and repeating. Um, And they're very often outdoor activities. They're very often within kind of reach of the house the, the begin at gardening and the end at climbing Karen Thule and, <laughs> and that kind of reach mm. um, but uh, some of them help us or allow us to express our isolation but others connect us to others in interesting ways Half Moon Swim Club We are looking in the wrong direction Dozens of us in iridescent swim caps bobbing over Dublin Bay bathing ourselves in the bare night, 
We are looking up at the clouds, the skies, the heavens, as if we have forgotten how to look ahead, so used to the cold, the pale sting on our skin, against the black, dark, the bald darkness, water lapping at our chins, until, all at once, we see it. The moon, blooming in front of us, a chrysanthemum of flame, its warm arch rising from the sea, colossal and awake, climbing the sky, electrified in full-blooded light, a keyhole to a different world, pulling us closer, pulling us forward, out of our year-long sleep. There is a madness, a lunacy in wanting to be alive, to dive headfirst into the dark, inhale the salt, the tide, the burning air of twilight, to watch the moon lift over a hushed city, its reflection spreading before us like an open road. I mean, it's a fantastic, it's a fantastic image of this group, this uh, women's group who meet to swim the, with the bobbing bathing caps. Yeah, it's, it's a almost like a group opening. of seals. Yeah. Do you know, it's that sudden kind of dislocation. And then you can see that chrysanthemum aflame, the, the moon on the water. There, there's there's a, a sequence there of images that make you see again and that are kind of undeniably real. You couldn't have... The mm. author couldn't have written this poem. Couldn't have made it up, it. as it were. <laughs> yeah. do, do you know what I mean? And yet they're so, the, the, the images are so fresh and so engaging. But what also struck me about it is, is really how it's kind, of, it, it's kind of asking a question at the beginning. It's still asking loads more questions Absolutely. by the time you get to the end. And that's what makes, because there, no, there are no easy answers there here. There are no we easy answers. That. But there's enough, there's enough interesting enough hint there. That idea of the moon, its reflection spreading before us like an open road. You can see that, that perspective that the moon creates this road so that there's a road ahead. You know, it's a danger for someone in my position who thinks he knows mm. what the poem is about to try to interpret it. But you can get that sense that that there is a potential answer, that mm. it, it is about a way of seeing, that we're not just in the moment we're in. You know, this was this is what, what happened to so many of us in the 2K and in the 5K restrictions. First of all, we felt locked into them. But then we started to, like somebody with a, with a microscope, we started to yeah. see at a much greater depth and we started to notice things. I could have made an anthology here about poems about birds, you know, Emily yeah. Dickinson said, hope is the thing with feathers. So many people were at their back windows in poems, looking at birds coming into the garden, what the bird did next, what the cat did, watching the bird, etc. Yeah, Paddy, Paddy Bush has, has the specifics of looking out and saying... He has, he has even a poem about bird watchers, yeah. about what, the people who watch the bird. So there's a whole kind of sequence, <laughs> mm. you know, there's a, there's a, a domino effect there. But, but it, is, it is that it's a call to our ability to pay attention. I think that was one of the really big things. Yeah. And I think those of us who struggled at times through the last two years, very often it was that we couldn't hold on, we couldn't connect. And, and a lot of these poems are kind of hints 
about what you can look at and how you can look at it. I mean, even if there's one that struck me early on as well as Trish Bennett, who is who is one called My Post Lives, and she she's kind of looking at where the post has come where from. Where is it heading off yeah. to? Yeah. <laughs> where is yeah, it yeah. Going? And suddenly the post can go wherever it likes. There's no ban on, on yeah, the... There's no 5k it, limit on it or 2k it, limit. by extension, there's no limit then on the, on the imagination's the point, yeah. ability to follow off with that post, you know? The, the other thing was, you know, there is a mix here, a real mix of very established posts, you know, people like Darren Paul, Paul Meehan, all in there with new and relatively unknown poems. How important is it to get that in an anthology? It's, or was it in this in particular? Why uh, it I think in this one it was really important because I, I, I think, you know, I, I, I remember n- noticing at a funeral many years ago of a young school kid, uh, a number of her friends got up to read poems who probably wouldn't have read poems and or, re- or, or, or you know, read their own poems, mm. uh, or let alone read anybody else's poems. They probably wouldn't have been intimately connected with the idea that there was a resource and a consolation and, and a sense of renewal in poetry. I think a lot of people felt this now and there are a number of people, quite a number of people in this anthology publishing for the first time, possibly even writing for the first time or writing in a serious way for the first time because the situation that we have come through or are coming through mm. provoke that. And um, I think it also allowed people to write in a strange way. It's funny um, that you should talk about consolation there because that's there to a certain extent in a poem by Eugene O'Hara that you've yeah. chosen for us as well. Uh, and again, th- this doesn't, one of the things I like about this poem is that it doesn't give you, it doesn't lay out everything out on the page for you saying, here's what happened and here's what I did. You just get this little snapshot of a moment on your left one, God, what what was going on the, the, that's in the, in the thing. man's I, life? You know, the poem is called A Walk After Bad News. I don't know what the bad news yeah. was. And in fact, it's that not knowing that gives the poem its, its power. extra power because yeah. it, it be, it's, it's, not that, it's not that you don't say things in a poem to make the poem deep, as we would have said in school. You know, it's not, it's not about hiding stuff. It's about trusting the stuff that's visible early on at the surface, about trusting the details to tell the bigger story, the emotional story. And the emotional story takes time and you have to spend time with the poem. A walk after bad news. If we had known how happy we were when we were happy. If we had marked our skin with it so that it bruised the ambers of November. Would it have made a difference? I ring off the long distance call. Find my keys and leave this house with its obsessive silence, pleading for a wild noise from my throat. The rain batters the roof of the car, and I drive to the river. Soaked through, I walk the bankside and stop to watch the moon night swimming, her skin on the water like solder drop, dripping, excuse me. Keys have fallen somewhere, so I ditch the car, walk home, and the rain stops along the way. Refrigerators hum in locked-up bars. The trains are empty, nose to wall. And in the long distance, a bull, like a cello, lies in a field of snow. 
That's a poem called A Walk After Bad News by Eugene Harris, part of the anthology Local Wonders, poems of our immediate surrounds, edited by Pat Bourne, who's with me in studio this evening. I love the fact that we don't know everything about that poem. I love the fact that we don't know, did he find the car keys? What did he do Is the car? Did he have to, did he have to change his car? How did he fix that? You're yeah. just, you're left pondering, what, how was this man, what was going on in his head that he found him that, there, in that there, situation? There, you know, it's a, it's a kind of a brave moment, mm. a, a brave decision that you leave room for the reader. Yeah. As I say, that you give enough of the topography of the emotions, but you leave the space for the reader to enter and feel it. Is there, um, as we, we wrap up with a, with a poem called Sweeney as a Girl from Jackie McCarrick, which has a bit of a fun element yeah. to it for sure. But as, as we head in, as you head into that, is there an element here that, in fact, we, you know, we're looking for things that perhaps the pandemic has given us that are on the upside? Has there, is it too early to say that there's been kind of a reawakening in poetry or a, a new interest in poetry that maybe had waned slightly before that? I, I, I think so. I, I, I certainly think that it has confirmed, a kind of, uh, to use the word nobility may be wrong, but I'll chance it that there's a nobility about making poems in the face of something that we have no control over. That, that you know, if you think that people write poems addressing the departed, right, that that is, that mm. is one of the traditional forms of poetry. It's, you could say it's a nonsense because the person who is gone can't hear it, but there's still this power in the poem. It, yeah. it, it's it's, the, it's a, a central energy in the poetic tradition. Um, so poets and poetry has always stood up against impossible odds. And the way to deal with a big subject is with a small, focused response. And and I think that's what the best of these poems do. Yeah. Pull something big and intangible and focus it like a blade of, a blade of light, a blade of yeah. sunlight onto something. Uh, I suppose people will know of Sweeney as Willa Hivna will know him from there the king uh, exiles Sweeney's uh, Heaney's uh, Sweeney Sweeney Astray exactly you know a king exiled to the wilds of North East Ireland not in this final poem that you're going to read for us Sweeney as a Girl by Jackie McCarrick Yeah I I, I love this when we started talking about theatre and that and that that sense that you can take something that already exists and voice it and voice it in another way it has to connect enough to the original to have its energy and its roots but that you can do other things with it Sweeney as a Girl Up here with the crags and wind bush I look down on the amber world and I say truthfully to you I do not miss it. I hate its vacuous Facebook self. I hate its plagues and smoke and mirrors. For I have come to love what my grandparents had and my parents abandoned, the quiet, wild earth. For the brief time I am here, I have the real earth without double glazing the freedom of the broad valleys without capitalism. The grey in my hair is pure white wire, my smile a row of crags. All over Ariel I seek out the sparse woods and miss nothing of it at all down there in the town. Only my dark hair, a lover's hand, to stroke it. 
Sweeney as a girl, poem there by Jackie McCarrick, part of Local Wonders, poems of our immediate surrounds, edited by Pat Bourne, who's been with me in studio this evening and published, of course, by Daedalus Press.